It literally started uh, last year when I was in hospital. I have the rare autoimmune condition, Addison's disease, which basically means my, my adrenal glands do not produce cortisol, which is similar, which is the same condition that President JFK had. Now, last year I had a hospitalization because of my disease. And to motivate myself, I contacted the Gay Games in Hong Kong to inquire about the boxing program. And they, they came back saying, unfortunately, boxing didn't make the list of sports for the next gay games. So I just came up with the idea with, well, I've been boxing for a period of time now. I wanted to compete, but I wanted to compete in the LGBTQ sporting environment. So I decided to create um, the first world's, well, the world's first ever LGBTQ boxing tournament and called it the World's Gay Boxing Championships. So it was just an idea. I started sharing my idea on LinkedIn and friends started supporting me. So that's how it all started. everyone around the world. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. One of the oldest sports in the world and the premier and most popular combat sport today, boxing, is getting a new and important event. That is the World Gay Boxing Championships. The plan is for the inaugural World Gay Boxing Championships to take place in Sydney, Australia in February 2023, coinciding with Mardi Gras and World Pride in that city. The World Gay Boxing Championships are open to all LGBTQ people, but are also straight friendly and thus open to anyone. To find out about these plans, we spoke with Martin Stark, the founder and CEO of the World Gay Boxing Championships, who is based in Australia. We spoke with him by Skype Monday, Sunday in the U.S. But before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Combat Sports Equipment creator of the patented Skulls Double End Bag is the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Combat Sports Equipment that's Skulls with a Z. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Instagram and Facebook at Skulls with a Z Combat Sports. And 
Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Hello everyone around the world, welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. In this crazy year of 2020, with the continuing coronavirus pandemic that so far has killed over a million and a quarter people, at least, and caused suffering to many millions more, including at least 48 million people who got the virus, where the pandemic has disrupted all sports around the world, from the Olympics to local amateur and school events, there was an announcement this year of the formation of a new sports organization, the World Gay Boxing Championships. This was something that was set up by Martin Stark of Australia. We're going to find out a lot more about this because we have him on the line with us. And Martin, welcome to No Holds Barred. Good morning and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Glad you could be with us. I know you're getting a lot of media interviews and I think I had mentioned this to you earlier I, I haven't seen I've seen a lot in the the general news media but not too much in the boxing media which is you know a sort of commentary on the state of boxing media itself so hopefully we'll be able to get both the general audience and more of the boxing people uh, informed about this now tell us how did you how did you get this idea of the world gay boxing championship it literally started uh, last year when I was in hospital. I have the rare autoimmune condition Addison's disease, which basically means my, my adrenal glands do not produce cortisol, which is similar, which is the same condition that President JFK had. Now, last year I had a hospitalization because of my disease. And to motivate myself, I contacted the Gay Games in Hong Kong to inquire about the boxing program. And they, they came back saying, unfortunately, boxing didn't make the list of sports for the next gay games. So I just came up with the idea with, well, I've been boxing for a period of time now. I wanted to compete, but I wanted to compete in the LGBTQ sporting environment. So I decided to create um, the first world's, well, the world's first ever LGBTQ boxing tournament and called it the World's Gay Boxing Championship. So it was just an idea. I started sharing my idea on LinkedIn and friends started supporting me. So that's how it all started. What state is this at right now? Because you said, and and I think also what, you know, what's going to happen with the gay games in 2022 in Hong Kong? There's, there are a lot of questions about that, both from the pandemic and what the the overall political situation might be in Hong Kong. But even if that goes off as planned and they don't have boxing and you're going to have your event, what state are you in now in terms of organization, funding, uh, getting sanctioning from different uh, boxing organizations, that type of stuff? So at this current point in time, um, I'm funding everything myself and friends supporting me, but we don't have too many costs at this stage. We are a registered not-for-profit organization in Australia. We have a board, we have a few members. we approach Boxing Australia, who are the peak body for the sports in this country, 
and they have announced that they are happy to endorse and support the championships and they're helping us develop the, the program so at the moment we're developing the program and just in the raising awareness stage we've spoken with some of the LGBTQ boxing clubs in the UK and with LGBTQ boxers all over the world and we're getting a lot of support from people so still early stages and hopefully we'll have a draft program up by the uh, end of the year next year we want to hold a few LGBTQ fight nights to kind of be the soft launch of the championships but in February 2023 uh, Sydney is hosting World Pride which will be the biggest LGBTQ Pride event that year and we want to hold the championships a week or so prior to that in terms of Hong Kong uh, we have a great relationship with uh, Gay Games 2022 they're actually only two years away from holding the first Gay Games to be held in, in Asia uh, we are hoping to maybe go over and visit and be participants and observers of the gay games who might actually hold a, a fight night a week or so before, prior to that in Hong Kong. What I love about sport is community and how sport helps each other. So we've had some great support from the, the gay games organisers in Hong Kong. Now, Boxing Australia, could you tell us, for those that aren't familiar, from what I understanding, it deals more with amateur boxing. Yes, yes, they are the amateur boxing body and, and we are pretty much a, an amateur organisation. Think of us more like grassroots sports, trying to get more people involved in the sport from both the LGBTQ and wider community. Uh, we are a straight friendly organisation. So this is not just for LGBTQ people, it, it is for other people who are allies and want to be part. Right, uh, the gay games also is actually like that too, that there's no you know, sexual orientation test or anything like that for people to participate, although they've estimated that probably 90% of the people participating yeah. in it are LGBTQ, but not everybody. So that's really open to everybody if they, you know, make the weight, if, you know, whatever medical tests they have to have, that, that sort of thing, which is something that's important, you know, for people to understand. Yeah, just, just to clarify, there are, there are no tests for sexual orientation. We are who we are. Gay Games is an inclusive uh, competition. It was held in Sydney almost 20 years ago. And, you know, straight people did participate. So it's really about bringing the LGBTQ sporting and wider community together and share what sport is about, which is humanity and championing everybody. Uh, they held it in New York back in 1994. And I covered the the wrestling competition. Then I don't think I don't think they had boxing then either. But I'm I'm really not sure. I don't recall. But I know they had wrestling, and they got a lot of cooperation from the wrestling community because they held it at uh, New York University, which is Division Three NCAA school. And the, the the coach and the team helped them set up. They wrestled in the same gym that NYU wrestled in. They use their mats, to, and uh, that year, what because I, I was going to a lot more of the wrestling events all over New York City. Then, the crowd they got for the wrestling at the Gay Games for the finals, at least, was the largest crowd to see wrestling at all in New York City. And I was listening to some of the you know the fans talk, and a lot of them really didn't know much about wrestling. 
Um, it wasn't like just wrestling people coming to this. And so what it did is it succeeded in bringing in a new audience, a lot of people for the sport of wrestling. And I think this will do this for the sport of boxing or, or any other sports. So, um, you know, that's, that's something that's important for people to understand because, you know, the reason for these events is, as you know, and as many people have said, is that the, the atmosphere is sometimes very toxic for LGBTQ people in other sports. So, which is why you have gay games and various other organizations like yours. And it's part of what we're doing is, and I say is to disrupt homophobia, biphobia, interphobia, and transphobia so that people feel safe to compete in the beautiful sport of boxing, an amazing sport of boxing. And I have said repeatedly that by the end of this decade, I want the reason I set up the organization to no longer exist. There is less hatred in sport. We're not there yet, and we've made some great progress uh, this century, but there's there's more work to do. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. There are continuing, all sorts of continuing struggles about this. Now, how do you see the organization moving forward? Because this is something that's going to be a very big undertaking, because you're talking about running an international event. You're talking about you're going to have to get uh, referees, rings, you know, uh, me- medical staff, medical testing, etc., etc., etc. How do you? And that's going to require some some funding and some sponsorships. Now it's very early because you talk about doing this in two and a half years or so, or approximately two, a little over two years. But uh, how do you see this this moving forward? And and especially with the chaos within Aiba at this point so with um, Boxing Australia uh, who have been incredibly helpful that's where we're getting advice on the referees and judges and, and the format and we believe we can we can run this with the incredible support of Boxing Australia and Boxing New South Wales as an organisation we will align with Aiba rules but we, we haven't joined Aiba we're not seeking to join Aiba for us, we just want to work with the boxing community here in Australia. We will be seeking funding from corporations, particularly corporations who value inclusion, diversity, equity and belonging. And we are registering with the Australian Sports Foundation so where people and individuals can make a a tax deductible donation. Also, through our LGBTQ fight nights, we're hoping to raise funds, which will go towards running of the tournament. So we want to make it as cost effective for people, especially people who are traveling from overseas. But we've also had some great support from uh, local people within the New South Wales government. So this will be a major event, which will bring um, revenue and tourist dollars to Australia and Sydney a few weeks before uh, the city hosts World Pride. So we're just going to follow the, the format that any other sporting event, which is the, the sponsorship, you know, payment of fees and, you know, fundraising. Now, in terms of scheduling, um, how do you, you said World Pride is going to be there in, in Sydney in 2023. What's the actual sch- schedule or dates, or is it too early to know when you're going to have your event and when world pride is going to take place so we have the dates of world pride which i think is roughly it's like the last weekend in february and they 
the parade itself is going to be the first Saturday in March. So we will hold this in February 2023. We have not announced a date as yet. There's a lot, lot to work through. But we want people to come to Australia and experience the warm Australian hospitality, what this country has to offer. We have a beautiful city of Sydney. If you've been here, we have a great harbour, but um, just come and experience everything this, this great country has to offer. And so we want people to think they might come Sydney for a few days, compete in the championships, enjoy world pride, and maybe go to a different part of the country, maybe Perth or Melbourne or, or regional Australia. Right, and of course Sydney hosted the 2000 Olympics, 2000 Summer Olympics. So there's an experience, and there are a lot of sporting events, and I don't know how many people around the world know, but the more that I look into it, the whole sporting culture is very rich in Australia in really all sorts of sports. It's one, it's one of the leading countries in, in many sports in terms of uh, both professional and amateur sports. It's, it's beautiful how sport brings people together in this country. We obviously have a state system. So in Victoria, uh, AFL is the big sport. In New South Wales, uh, rugby league is the big sport. And then in other states, certainly within Western Australia and South Australia, AFL is big. In Queensland, NRL or rugby league is big. And then through the summer months, we have the, the soccer or, or, or football as well so there's so much going on here with sport you know great outdoors and then my personal sport growing up was swimming and just going out to the local beach to be able to swim is something I enjoy doing from time to time too how how much connection is there to at this point to the professional ranks because there's professional boxing in Australia there have been a number over the years of champions have have come forward. There have been a number of there are local events, but there are a number of big international events as well have taken place. Have you gotten anything from the the local uh, from the Australian boxing promoters, or pro boxing, or any of the boxers, or is it kind of early in the game for that? It's early in the game for us, and what we're finding is like people are talking about the championships who who don't even. We're not even aware that they're talking about it and we've had some great support from some boxing clubs from people involved in the sport saying how can I help how can I help raise awareness and that's the beauty of a community-based event and community sport is people set aside is this going to be professional or amateur people just want to see others start something and, be- and become a champion and one of our phrases is, is creating a community of champions so I expect the professional body will, will come and help and we'll, we'll invite them to join us when, when we hold the championships. And I would love to see that one day that the World Gay Boxing Championships creates a pathway for people to maybe compete in the sport professionally and become a future World Boxing Champion. That would be a, an ultimate dream for us. Now, as, as obviously has been noted, the whole sports world, the whole world, of course, but the sports world has also been disrupted by the coronavirus pandemic. What is the situation right now in Australia? Because from what I've been reading, it's probably better than in many other parts of the world. So in Victoria, um, they have just come out of a very extended lockdown. So obviously gyms have been 
closed and people have been able to exercise. In New South Wales, we have very stringent restrictions on training and there have actually been no uh, boxing events. The Combat Sports Authority has not issued any permits. So Australia itself has done exceptionally well with coronavirus. We've had less than a thousand deaths. Um, we've had very, like I'm not able to travel to Queensland. We've actually had state borders closed, which in, some people may have seen as harsh, but has actually kept the community safe. So in terms of, of boxing, uh, we have a small LGBTQ training group and we, we adhere to all of the COVID restrictions, but people are able to do things like bag drills and foot manoeuvres. So you, you can still do something. And a lot of people are exercising at home or maybe doing Zoom boxing classes, which I know is quite popular overseas too. Great. Now, those once you're on Zoom, of course, you can reach anywhere that there's an internet connection. Yeah. So um, have you... Have you, are you doing these classes or planning to do these for more than just Australia? So at, at the moment, we're trying to create a Sydney and Australian LGBTQ boxing community. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we, we have a, a small training group. And if we reach critical mass, we would certainly look to hold uh, classes online through Zoom. But this is also about people who are out there boxing to go to your local gym, to contact your local trainer and start boxing because as an organization we're in our nascent stage we're, we're only few years on here so we don't have that ability to scale and offer wide scale training but um, we want people to start sharing their journeys so we can capture the experience of somebody boxing training or starting boxing or, or sharing their tips wow now have you thought and this this is something for the future of course but have you thought what you want to do in terms of video for this in terms of streaming or television or or anything like that because I think a lot of people even even though you you're going to be more based among amateur fighters and you may you may not get like the the real big names that people are drawing a lot of they're going to be a lot of people that are going to want to watch this um, and so have you thought about what you might be doing so what we would love to do is obviously stream this uh live because there will be people who will travel to Sydney and their families may not be able to join them but their families will want to watch them their friends and supporters will want to watch people compete and share that experience so uh, that's what we we want to do to make this as accessible for, for everybody yeah I think I think there's I think there's going to be a lot of interest in that again because more, not only are more people home and presumably by the time you're running these events the pandemic will be over and we'll have a, mm. a good va- a good vaccine for coronavirus mm. and it'll be distributed and we are able to put this behind us but the whole thing of streaming and zoom calls and all these things that that's not going to go away I think people have adapted a lot more to it and that and that gives you an advantage too because it may be harder to get your event like on a big television network but you could stream it and get the information out yourself and I think there's going to be a network of of groups and people already that are going to plug right into this it's amazing how sports I remember back in the 1990s going up in the UK when the, the, the Premier League which is the for the UK soccer 
was that the bidding rights were won by a by a Sky Television, which was a cable television station, and the, the free to air stations could no longer show uh, football matches. Whereas now, through streaming, you can watch so much sport that you couldn't do maybe five or five or ten years ago. And I think there's going to be more people able to watch sport all over the world through the new technology. And we want to take advantage of that and bring what we're doing to the world so people can see LGBTQ people in their lives competing in the great sport of boxing. Yeah, it's so important today because boxing already is focusing more on professional boxing has already for many years been primarily a television experience because you know you would read oh even if they would fill up say in Madison Square Garden 20,000 people or if they were running one of the big football stadiums in the UK and for an Anthony Joshua fight and they got 80 90,000 people that's great attendance and they make a lot of money from that but then there were millions of people watching these events on television and then streaming and then even after the events continuing to watch them so if you had 20,000 people go to Madison Square Garden say and see a fight live and 2 million people saw it on TV that's what like a hundred times more people saw the fight on TV so only one percent of your audience was was in the arena even though it it made a bulk of the uh, a bulk of the revenue you're bringing in but in terms of the the impact on the sport and the cultural impact and all of that it's through TV and streaming and that's just like one example you could give like lots of other examples and and it's growing all you know the whole idea of streaming is growing around the world so um, I think by the time you do this event in a couple of years it's going to even be more mature and more people are going to be used to it and then of course younger people are much more used to doing using this technology than older people so I still know some older people just get befuddled by it Um, but younger people you know sometimes even kids who haven't even learned to read yet (laughs) I remember (laughs) I I had some set a couple of years ago I had some setting on my phone that I wasn't sure I wanted to change something, whatever. And one of my grandkids, who was still too too young to read at that point, took the phone and said, "Here," and but boom, and fixed it. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> you can, know. Can you can can you remember when grandparents didn't know how to program or record anything on the VCR? Oh yeah, my, my, father, my my parents were like that. Yes. <laughs> had no I no conception how to how to do any of that stuff, you know, because they weren't brought up with it and they were like yeah. intimidated by it, um, you know, uh, and, and and but part of that's also your mindset too. That was the yeah. thing that I learned from wrestling, you know. Okay, so you don't know how to do it, learn how to do it, you yeah. know. I mean, wrestling it's always you're in trouble improve your position and it's the same thing in boxing or other sports you're on the ropes <clears throat> get off the ropes find a way to get off the ropes you know and, and so forth and if you have that kind of mindset you could meet these challenges and and solve most of them and but you got to keep up with all the changes it's interesting with boxing because a lot of people say there aren't that many LGBTQ people involved in the sport 
But boxing is so inclusive. If you go to the gym, you might do a box fit class. Boxing forms part of like cardio combat, uh, cardio combat, which is like a freestyle class at a gym. So I think many people who actually have done some form of boxing training, if they're involved in a sport or have been a member of the gym and attended classes over probably the last 10 years or so. Yeah, and, and I think as more of this goes on, more people are going to come out. And I think it's also going to be, it's going to be easier for them. And also, I think there, there are probably a lot of people that are by that are not out, but it'll be easy for them to come out that way. And people could understand that better. Um, boxing, boxing is something which has overall, it's certainly far from perfect, but has uh, less bigotry than a lot of other sports. So you had like an out, you still have him, Orlando Cruz, an out professional mm-hmm. boxer who fought for a world title. Um, and it was no big deal, really. And you've had, you've had others too. And in, in, but in other sports, it would be a big deal. In, in the four major professional sports in the United States, there are exactly zero active out players between uh, NFL football, Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, and NHL hockey. Zero. Now, they got, they're good. there are some, but nobody's out. And because of the culture is so damning, is so backwards. So boxing has been a little bit ahead in that sense. And there are a number of out women boxers. I mean, yeah, but women boxers and... Uh, it's it's coming. It's going to take a long time. But I think also the cultural change in the U.S. with the a victory of Joe Biden and the ousting of Trump and his his bigoted regime, because one of the things that Biden said, one of the first things he's going to do, is sign the Equality Act that will put into American law explicitly uh, equal rights for LGBTQ people, and I think it'll even with if, even if the Republicans end up holding a small margin in the Senate, I think it'll get through there anyway. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But you certainly have a much more, a much friendlier administration in the United States, and I think it'll make it easier because, you know, there's sort of a tradition with a lot of the sports teams that win that has existed for many, many years of, for them to visit the White House, regardless of who the president was. And before Trump, it wasn't politicized, whether someone was Democrat or Republican. If they won the World Series or, you know, one of these other, the Super Bowl champions or whatever, they would, you know, they would they would do it and it would just be a low-key, friendly, ceremonial thing. That changed with Trump. And I think it's going to change back with Biden, where people will feel more comfortable with that. And that will also change the whole sporting landscape so. you know it, it's interesting because I have been a observer sport for many and I remember the 1984 Olympics where many countries did not go to watch the games in Los Angeles and I as a child I, I didn't really understand why and I remember watching the Olympic Games in 1988 and people were saying this was the first game since I think it was Montreal 
where both East and West were, were participating fully. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest Olympic achievements was Greg Luganis, who won the gold medal after knocking his head on the platform. And I think he, he came out you know, shortly afterwards, but people still supported him and recognized how much of an athlete and champion he is. In the year 2000, I came to Sydney a week before the Olympics and I was at the Olympic Games most days and I watched all of the semi-finals. Uh, Ian Thorpe is Australia's greatest Olympian. He won five Olympic gold medals and he came out in the closet a few years ago. In the 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay, which is where Australia won gold, two of the four swimmers are gay, openly gay. And it doesn't matter about their sexuality, they are just swimming, competing and winning gold. And although people didn't know the sexuality at the time, people were cheering for them as they stood on the rostrum, being awarded their gold medal. Sexuality, who somebody is, gender identity, does not matter in sport it should be a level playing field where people can participate and should not be excluded yeah and and I think things are starting to move in that direction slowly too slowly too late but still happening I mean another example in the US is you have Megan Rapinoe who is one of the the leaders of the US women's national soccer team um, who is out and she's very outspoken. I think she's very popular, too. So I think she's getting a lot of support because it, people that follow that sport are really happy that the U.S. women's team has been so successful. And that will inspire young kids. That's part of the whole thing. It's not just, if okay, if they win, if they don't win. But that's the kind of thing that kids were, if you remember when you were a kid, I remember when I was a kid, I'd look up to these people. You, you, you view them in a different way than as an adult. You view these athletes. But you'd look up to them and say, wow, you know, isn't this really something? If they did that, I can do, maybe I can do that, or at least try to do that. And even if I'm not going to become an Olympic champion or this or that, I could excel in some other area. You know that that you're good at so that's going to have a real effect on a lot of people and well, you know I think it's important well in 2023 uh, Australia and New Zealand are hosting the Women's World Cup so the US team will probably come to Australia and be one of the favorites to win the Women's World Cup for a further time you know and that's that's the thing about sport and um, barriers it removes barriers because you travel to different locations and cities and countries across the world to compete, but also to participate with the spectators, other participants, and celebrate humanity. And that's what we want to do with, with boxing, is people come. And our first championships will be in Sydney, but as an organisation, we have a vision that will go to other cities all over the world and really follow what uh, Rugby Union has achieved with LGBTQ sport and have other cities host the championships. Wow, so this is, you got big plans there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, and, and at the moment it's uh, a few of us planning this, but you, you need to have a, a big audacious goal sometimes to really go and make that change. Well, I mean, so far it, it sounds so good. I know 
these are good ideas and I know it's going to be a lot of work uh, putting these into practice and I think you're already getting a lot of support and I'm particularly asking as myself asking people who are in the boxing media and the boxing community overall support this this is something that's important for everybody the participants and it certainly is going to help the sport of boxing overall by making it more inclusive and, and again even though you, you're the event you're organizing is going to be looks like it's going to be on the amateur level that's that's so important because we know how the amateur level in boxing has produced so many of the, the boxing's major stars from around the world. I mean, you, Muhammad Ali was an Olympic gold medalist. and all, You could list a lot of them who have been Olympic champions and world champions who have gone on to become icons for people. And it's part of a long process, but I think you've taken some very good first steps, and I'm, I'm really hoping to keep in touch with you and see how this is progressing. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it, at the end of the day, I boxing has transformed my life in ways that I never thought possible. I'm 45, and I want to compete on the world stage. It's probably an amateur level for my country, and this has given me the opportunity to do that. I mentioned I have Addison's disease. It almost killed me in December 2017, and I started boxing training shortly after that to have a few self-defense classes my second class happened to be boxing i immediately fell in love with the sport i've been in two induced comas i've had a tracheotomy and then placed in a place on a ventilator thinking am i going to die i remember the dreams when i've been in my induced comas i've had four major surgeries i've had 70 plus hospital admissions all of that is hard to go through but the boxing has been able to temper a lot of my PTSD from almost dying in 2017 and give me a vehicle to be myself and train in a very safe and friendly environment where my health condition is not compromised. It's actually optimized through boxing. Wow, that's, that's, so, that's so important. And that, in, in reality... I think that's you know if you if you end up producing some top level pro boxers some champions that everybody that everybody knows that's great that's fine but I think that kind of thing is more even more important mm. to most people you know because the 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 name boxers you know that everybody's going to know the world champions that's only a handful of people that are in boxing yeah. it's only a small percentage of people but the benefits it will give people are so great to so many other people that few have heard of. And that's that's why this is so so important. And, and you know, it's sort of like gravy. Yeah, you produce so-and-so came out of your event and won a world title. Great. Mm. But that's that's not the that's not the whole thing. That's not even the most important thing. If you do it, fine, but um, that's that's really why I think it's so important for everybody. And again, particularly the boxing community to support this. So usually when I talk about stuff, a lot of people in the boxing community copy it. I've noticed that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see that. Now, um, as we start to wrap it up, if people want to follow you, I know you're very active 
online again it's only been a couple of months since this was announced but what are some of the best ways to, to follow what uh, the world the, gay boxing championships is doing so the best way at the moment is just following us on facebook so that uh, world gay boxing championships is our group on facebook we're very small and we're looking for more people to help join us um just follow our website worldgayboxingchampionships.org for me the the best thing is actually just talking to other people raising awareness cataloging your journey and how boxing has made a difference for you and if you have lgbtq friends family tell them about this and what we're doing and how they can achieve anything they want to achieve because it's boxing's helped me understand the only limits are the ones I set for myself and I believe that for, for everybody too I have three words tattooed on my back courage and fear nothing and I use fear as a source of information and courage to help me battle through challenges That's and boxing has helped me channel my ways my, my biggest thing with boxing because I thought it was okay if I got hurt but hurting somebody else was something I couldn't do I remember the first time I was shadow boxing and it was so hard psychologically because I was still dealing with a few months prior having to face almost dying and thinking about my dreams and my experiences of being in a coma and the shadow boxing then me to channel that and realise it mattered if I was hurt it, I, I as a person mattered more than I probably thought than I, than I did and boxing is a great way of boosting your confidence great boost for mental health but also for your physical strength and I'm not talking about hitting another person just your general physical strength through the training, the bad bad drills the pad drills and even if you just don't want to get involved in the championship but just want to get involved in the sport for general health and fitness that's a great thing too you also have a a, a new uh, Twitter page which has just kind of started with just a, a couple of followers. But do you have a YouTube page also? Because you're going to we, put these videos up. We don't have a YouTube page at the moment, but we we will be doing it at the moment. We we're five people on the board. Okay. And we're just using all of our time, so um, we'll be looking first on to help with all of our social media. But YouTube is certainly a priority for us because then that also gives us the ability to stream live on on YouTube. Right. My recommendation for video at this point, and again, as you know, social media changes a lot, but to focus more on for the video on YouTube than on Facebook, you can embed it, a YouTube video on Facebook, because a lot of people are very annoyed for a whole lot of different reasons at, at Facebook, and yeah. so, some usage, some places it's even declining, whereas YouTube is seen as a little more of a neutral platform so uh and easy and then you don't have to, you don't have to register and set up a page and all that kind of stuff that's great advice i kind of watched youtube a lot i've never actually uploaded a video so uh we'll, we'll be speaking with our people who organize in the social media to prioritize youtube when we have a few more people to help organize yeah, it yeah i mean if you got followers on facebook and you got a little community grow going on there you know, okay, you can keep that. I'm just saying that a lot of people really can't deal with Facebook at this point, yeah. and uh, yeah. for a whole host of reasons. But keep you, you can keep it. But yeah. uh, say it's it's if I want I I when I see a video, I prioritize YouTube 
video on YouTube because there's a lot more you can do with it than having, yeah. you know, and the player is easier to deal with and all that stuff, but we'll see. Anything else you just want to add before we wrap this wrap this up? Just, I know we'll be talking again, but... Just a, a thank you to the boxing community and the wider combat sports community. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your allyship and just keep spreading the message of inclusive sports where everybody should be able to participate regardless of who they are. Sports should be accessible for everybody and that's what we're trying to do in a small way with the World Game Boxing Championships. Great. I, I think it's already making an impact judging by the very positive media coverage uh, that you've gotten from uh, a lot of different places and we're looking, really looking forward to seeing, you know, what the next steps are and, and how this progresses. So please uh, keep in touch with us. Thank you so much and really enjoyed chatting with you this morning. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Combat Sports Equipment creator of the patented Skulls Double End Bag is the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Combat Sports Equipment that's Skulls with a Z. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Instagram and Facebook at Skulls, with a Z, Combat Sports. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Hello everyone around the world, welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. For No Holds Barred, this has been Eddie Goldman.